Welcome to Identity of Health. My name is Matt Rowe, the founder of Identity of Health, a certified health coach who was diagnosed with MS and found that MS was the greatest gift ever handed to me. If you are looking for inspiration and motivation, you are in the right place. During each episode, we are going to hear inspiring stories from those that have gone on to live incredible lives after they have been diagnosed with the disease, along with meeting those that are healing others and improving their patients' lives. Now come join me for your dose of inspiration. Allow me to welcome the incredible Dana Hutchinson to the show today. Before we get started, I would like to tell you a little bit about Dana. So Dana is a board certified medical herbalist and the owner of the Wildflower Clinic. The Wildflower Clinic is a traditional Chinese medicine and Western clinical herbalism clinic here in Denver, Colorado. Dana is a registered herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild and her specialties include autoimmune conditions, hormonal imbalances, endocrine issues, reproductive issues, infertility, gastrointestinal issues, and emotional trauma. Dana has extensive clinical experience in traditional Chinese medicine. She is a recognized herbal health educator in her field and teaches a variety of herbal courses, workshops, and classes across the U.S. and internationally. Dana is a dedicated to the research and ongoing development of herbal medicine and advocates for the availability of natural healthcare alternatives for all individuals. Welcome Dana to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> this is, that was a mouthful. You heard me stumble when I was going through it. I'm like, holy cow, you are so talented and you are so educated <laughs> in all of these pieces. And that's why I'm so honored to have you on the show. So Thank we you. originally met, met last year. Yes. And you were talking about your autoimmune condition. I think that's how we met is I had heard wind of your autoimmune condition and how you healed it. And I had to meet you. And so that's what kind of sparked uh, this friendship. And this is, and for everyone out there, Dana is a dear friend and she is incredible at what she does. And so I'm so glad to have her back on the show. So last June, you and I had a show together and yeah. now we get the honor to have you back this year. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Our show was great last time. I'm looking forward to today. Yeah. So can you get the audience kind of catch them up to speed and briefly kind of talk about your autoimmune condition in 2011 and what sparked your journey through all of this? Yeah, definitely. So 2011 was a rough year for me and things have been going on a lot longer than that, of course, as with any condition that comes to light, in my opinion. And so in 2011, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition called lichen sclerosis. Some folks call it lichen sclerosis. It is termed LS in the autoimmune world. And this is a condition that affects the vulva tissue of female bodied individuals. So it's a very debilitating condition and one even back in 2011, not too long ago, a lot of people didn't know a lot about. And so it was really tough to get that initial diagnosis. 
And that was really something coupled with losing my mother to brain cancer was really the catalyst for me to kind of go down this natural health route, to want to help more individuals, to really strive to have people feel like they can be supported with alternative medicine if they maybe don't resonate with the Western world or maybe they haven't had success with Western treatments. So that's a little brief overview of, yeah, I guess my immune journey and where I am today. That's incredible. Thank you. And I can only imagine the amount of stress you are going under, not only in your current health condition, but I'm sorry to hear about your mother and how she had passed with brain cancer. That has got to be extremely difficult as well in its own right. So keeping that level of calm through all of this must have been a challenge. Oh, definitely. And I think the reality was there was no calm, to be Mm -hmm. honest. And yeah, yeah, stress and anxiety from multiple angles, work. Um, Yeah, my own conditions, dealing with grief and trauma. And, you know, something now I see on the other side of the chair all the time. And likely, I'm sure we'll chat about this today, but a huge, huge trigger for autoimmune conditions to surface. Yes. And when you look at the amount of stress that comes in, it actually starts to, I mean, we get that adrenaline response with stress and then we the cortisol response that comes with stress. And really when it's long-term and we, you and I both know that when it's long-term and unmitigated is when this starts to perpetuate into health issues. So at this time, did you notice your diet um, starting to affect you? Like certain foods you ate were just a no-go and you realize that early on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, my diet was terrible back then. So I was always an athlete. I played for you for the USA volleyball team and continued to play volleyball over in Australia. So I was really lucky that a lot of my exercise my whole life had, in my opinion, hidden some of the metabolic issues that may have been going on uh, fundamentally for me. So yeah, those years, 2010, probably 2009 to 2011, really, uh, I was not eating well. I was intaking serious amounts of gluten and dairy, which my system does not tolerate. Um, I was drinking a lot. I was not supporting my system the way I should have and the way that I do my best to do now. So yeah, diet was just absolutely atrocious, to be honest, back then really. And you mean you were young growing up and coming out of college and you were living the lifestyle of those that are just invincible? Right. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) It's, it's an incredible place to be, but at some point it's almost like you got grabbed by the ears and shaken with a wake up call. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the, in this wake up call, was it tough to adopt the wake up call? Like, I mean, you're, violently, well, I don't know if violently is, but very from a fear-based side of, okay, I have an autoimmune condition. This is, I'm feeling terrible. Something is wrong inside me. Was it tough to change? Was it tough to make that decision to sweep over and to do something different? Yeah. You know, I think when you get to a state of desperation, like maybe a lot of you listening today have been in, I think that's when change comes. I think For me, I had given the Western world a chance um, in terms of their treatment modalities for my specific condition. 
it got extremely worse for me. And so through that whole process, it did lead me to looking to the alternative side, to the Eastern side and Western clinical herbalism specifically to see if there was anything else that could help with the root cause and not necessarily just remain a Band-Aid style medicine, which I was at that stage receiving from the Western world. I so. love how you mentioned the root cause of it. Like you really started to try to figure out why it started and why it happened, getting down to the base of it. So then you could begin healing it and you could begin correcting it. So as you were taking that journey down to that root cause, what were some things that helped you along that path and along that journey? Yeah, so I started seeing a traditional Chinese medicine doctor, which I did mention on our last podcast, I believe. Mm -hmm. And this was really what started to open my eyes up to the natural healing world of traditional Chinese medicine, first and foremost. So, I mean, there were a couple of things at play for sure that were going on there. Reducing chemical intake in household products, um, my own personal products, house products, EMF radiation, things like this, which a lot of people say, oh yeah, we all know we have to do that. That was a really big step that this doctor was coaching me through along with, of course, resetting our HPA and SAS axis, which is our delicate system that really helps us to perceive and interpret stress. That was a big one for me for obvious yeah. reasons of what I was going through. And of course, nutritional changes, gosh, you know, identifying a leaky gut compromisation issue that I had trying to repair mucous membranes. You know, that was a big, big thing I was taking herbs for at that stage, liver heat. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. I think when you start to see a natural health practitioner that is trained in looking and assessing for mm -hmm. these imbalances in the body, I think what you find is there's a lot of things that have likely gone into a place of dysbiosis in order for that disease to present. Likely it's not just one thing, you yeah. know, which sometimes our Western world just says, oh, you got psoriasis, slap on a corticosteroid, you know, or you have MS or you have lupus, start taking a steroid. You know, most mm -hmm. autoimmune treatments, as we know, is some base of steroid to keep the immune system at bay. So I think the long and short of that is there's a lot going on from a physiological level that I didn't even consider until going to this traditional Chinese medicine doctor. It's crazy how Western society, and I love our Western doctors, yeah. but they treat the symptom. Like, yeah. for example, very simply, if I break an arm, I'm going to go into the doctor immediately and go fix my arm. And they yeah. go through, they x-ray it, and they're like, oh, yeah, you broke your bone. Let's go ahead and cast that up so it heals up. Right. They're treating the symptom, essentially, of the broken bone. But when they step across the line to start treating the symptom of a neurological disorder or an autoimmune condition, mm -hmm. I think that's where we can get off track. Oh, yeah. Because we stop, you know, at some point we were fixing the pain or fixing the symptom of it. So we tend to bury it or throw it underneath the rug and we don't pay attention to it anymore. But along those lines, because we're not paying attention to it, it doesn't mean it healed it. It doesn't mean it's going away. It's just waiting for the next time we yeah. lift the rug up. Yes, completely agree. 
yeah, it's scary stuff when you think about it. You know, it can offer temporary reprieve in the Western mm -hmm. world for sure. And sometimes there's a case for, you know, both Western and Eastern treatments, depending on the severity. Mm -hmm. But exactly like what you said, you know, if you're not looking with a fine lens at what might have caused these things initially, there's typically going to be a threshold to where that person can improve mm -hmm. with Western treatment alone from our yeah. perspective. So for everybody listening, um, let's talk about Chinese medicine a little bit sure. and that dysbiosis. So, I mean, give me a little brief history about Chinese medicine, because if somebody hears that and they're not familiar with it, they could go, is this for real? Like, for sure. is this really something that can help? And I know for myself, the answer is yes, it can. Yeah. Like there is thousands of years of research and time spent on what is actually meant to heal the body when you talk about having a hot liver and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that as soon as I stepped across that line, I was like, oh my God, why don't do they, why don't they teach this in, you know, in our world today? Totally. Why don't they teach this in Western society? And yeah. I think they're negating really some of the main root causes of why a lot of this starts to happen. So talk to me a little bit about Chinese medicine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's obviously something I love chatting about. Um, something I put into practice every day in the clinic. Mm -hmm. um, so where to start? I mean, I think a lot of folks don't understand the lineage of traditional Chinese medicine. So it is our first foundational medicine system that we actually have records of. So 4,000 years ago is where we have our first records of clinical herbs used for various conditions. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna be in books like the Emperor Classic and things like that. If you're interested, people who are listening to check those out. Um, but it's funny because in treating a lot of MS patients, we actually see 2000 years ago, a syndrome called the Way syndrome that had pretty much textbook similarities to what we see MS present as today and different mm -hmm. remedies associated. You know, so it's interesting to see how, have we really evolved that much? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so traditional Chinese medicine in general is looking at the system from a different perspective, looking at the whole body as a whole, looking at different organs that support and exchange and really control other organs. So for instance, the heart controls circulation, things like that, you know, lungs govern our emotional stability, our emotional chi, which is, you know, how we present ourselves to others, how we interpret things. The list goes on there. So a good example, I think would be, like you said, a hot liver something in America we see a lot for a variety of reasons, potentially a patient in the Western world might get, you know, a diagnosis like, okay, you know, you have fatty liver disease or you have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease where in a wet, in an Eastern TCM perspective, we would say, okay, you have liver heat rising, yin mm -hmm. deficiency, maybe some lung chi deficiency as well. So it's a completely different set of assessment and diagnostic tools. We're not really married to the idea of a diagnosed condition. We are looking at the client holistically, assessing them, their story, their tongue, their pulse, their nails, and really figuring out, well, maybe you don't have this so-called condition, maybe you do, but maybe it's actually from an imbalance of these particular organs that aren't really functioning well together. And so we start with that. 
we start with that imbalance before we even look at, okay, someone has IBS or Crohn's, let's give them digestive herbs. Let's right. see what's actually imbalanced. Maybe their gut isn't even imbalanced and that's just the manifestation that is that diagnosed condition. It's interesting that you talk about the balance of your organs. I mean, the reason I'm alive today is because my organs function. For sure. <laughs> For like case in point, it just, it's the way we all operate as biological beings. Our heart pumps, our liver, you know, runs toxins through it. And, you know, our lungs breathe in air and produce that oxygen into. So biologically, yes, we need our organs, but what you're really talking about is what happens when our organs get out of balance and they're not operating efficiently with one another. Yeah, definitely. So with Chinese medicine, do you take a look at the organ structure and figuring out, okay, these pieces may be out of balance and then balancing them back into yes. that symbiotic relationship to create homeostasis. Definitely. And, you know, often it's, it's not uncommon to see a patient come in with 10 to 15 complaints on their intake form, you know, plus a diagnosed autoimmune condition. Okay. That's one of the things we support in my clinic. And, you know, a lot of them will say, okay, but what about headaches? You know, what about dizziness? What about peripheral neuropathy? All these things that they do have undoubtedly as symptoms and right interesting to say, well, let's start with three, maybe four formulas. I don't like to prescribe more than that. And, you know, really saying, let's see if we can get the foundational root system back to a homeostasis. And then if you're still having, you know, some of these sub symptoms that you are having, sure, we'll go ahead and support those. But a lot of times we see that the patient actually gets to a better level of homeostasis some of these little side symptoms no longer exist. Yeah, that's interesting. So when you really go and approach it, so you're, let's say, going to correct or go and focus on one or two of those, maybe multiple areas that are out there, but by sure. fixing those one or two, do you see it span out and fix other elements that are, that go beyond just what you're fixing? Oh, Definitely hundred percent. And even from a preventive state as well, you know, raising homeostasis, raising vital force or chi in traditional Chinese medicine is only going to help the whole system better adapt to stress, you know, better be able to filter infl inflammatory triggers or excess cortisol, excess hormones, you know, an under amount of hormones, less amount of hormones, that is really what we're doing is helping to right. get the system to a better state. So it can, it can basically work in an optimal function. That's the long and short of it. That's beautifully said. And so when you look at this, this is, you know, let's kind of branch over and start talking about some causes, some sure. stuff, that physiological response that we can get from our environment and the toxins and everything that's around us has it gotten worse over the last hundred years? Yeah, so it's it's really an interesting question I get a lot. And I would say, of course, you know, over the last a hundred years, we are exposed to EMF radiation like we never have been. Mm -hmm. We are in a pharmaceutical crisis, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there has been a lot of lobbying with, you know, the environmental working group and things like that, that have come out with better, you know, advocacy for products in terms of household products and things like that. 
Um, so I think it's, it's mixed, but I think it's definitely gotten worse. There's light coming into fruition with specifically talking about chemicals. But I think the other thing with, you know, main causes is, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that we're doing these days that I do think we are fundamentally a weaker society. I think, unfortunately, as we continue to reproduce and there's studies and research showing this is that our microbiomes are simply not as robust as the generations before us you know, and that can be attributed to a lot of things. I mean, in America, the C-section rate is well above 40%. So folks are not getting any of their probiotic flora from the mother, um, which is detrimental. I mean, they have no immune system for three years Mm -hmm. and that's forming the basis of that individual. So things like that, I'm just like, (laughs) you throw it on top is yes. Let's just talk about this is when, yeah, you're not getting that flora that you would receive from natural vaginal childbirth. And my wife and I, I mean, both of our kids, I have to commend my wife. She gave birth to a 10 pound, six ounce baby. Oh my goodness. Naturally. It's crazy Dana. I don't mess with her anymore. Um, And so really is we started to take a look at it, but even under that context, under a C-section, what the, what's the first thing that the doctor wants to do when the baby is in the hospital in its first four days of life is give it a vaccine. Of course. Is start vaccinating the child and start putting. Potentially in this country as well, which is another huge trauma response to that individual. Oh, we're we're taking an immune system that's already compromised and we're making it work over time in its yes. first years of life. And exactly. so, yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of these pieces that come in, I don't think we're serving our community. Now, granted, when you look at the numbers, okay, so our lifespan has increased mm-hmm. and you can, you know, anybody can sit there and say, but we're living longer as human beings. It's gone mm-hmm. from 72 to 79. And this is, yeah. you know, we're living longer as a society. But what is that quality of life that we are living? Are we living longer, but living longer in an unhealthy, unbalanced state? Yeah, I believe we're being kept alive in a lot of of these instances, for sure. And, you know, it's something I talk about a lot in my workshops and, you know, especially patient consultations is, you know, I don't want to be here if I'm being kept alive. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that might not be my choice down the line, but I think it's looking at, you know, and and specifically with the C-section, there's a lot of folks who they have to have C-sections and we support that a hundred percent, but it's looking at this whole cultural normality of some of these practices that are instilled specifically in the United States and the way that we eat the standard American diet, things like that. Of course, there's arguments for, you know, access to food and things like that, but in a general general statement, our diets are terrible in this country. They mm-hmm. absolutely are. They're filled with additives. They're filled with chemicals, hormones, gum, starches, maltodextrin, you name it. We're right. eating. <laughs> and, you know, people a hundred years ago, yeah, you know, going through the seventies, eighties, even they didn't have issues with the food quality that we now have access to. You know, a lot of my, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I could go on forever. So (laughs) no, 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 you're stepping onto a topic that it's near and dear to my heart is when you take a look at our soil health. 
So oh, if you sure. even like go back to the root of how our vegetables are grown, yeah. we are not growing our vegetables in healthy soils. There's less than an inch left on this planet of healthy soils, biodiverse mm -hmm. soils. That means there are bugs, microbes, healthy, you know, where you have bugs in the soils, but that is what's actually feeding the plant and creating the flavonoids, the flavor that's in our vegetables and the nutrients that are in our vegetables, they're dead. So what we do is we just spray a chemical to get the vegetable to grow. Yeah. And what's coming out is a vegetable, a carrot, broccoli, you name it, any conventionally grown vegetable is 80% less nutrient dense than what your parents ate. I know. I mean, and it's five years ago as a practitioner, I didn't really recommend supplementation mm -hmm. unless I thought that the individual needed it. You know, today, yeah, I am pretty much recommending supplementation to I'd say 95% of my new patients Yeah, because one of the main reasons is what you just highlighted for sure. We're not it, we're still coming up nutritionally deplete, you know? 100%. And so now when we have a condition that comes into it, this may have been caused by high amounts of stress that is creating, you know, the zonulin inside your stomach is not operating. So it's allowing uh, gut permeability and allowing toxins to get into your gut because of all the toxins that we're putting in. We're putting gluten in that's been sprayed with glyphosate. We're putting other, you know, garbanzo beans has some of the highest levels of glyphosate in, in the industry. So this is where, you know, is when I talk about food as medicine to a lot of my clients is talking about starting with eating just organic. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a big, it can at least get rid of the pesticides for sure. Mm -hmm. And remove as many toxins as you can, as you step into these, step into these next steps. It's nothing huge. It's nothing, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like all of a sudden I got to go out and buy it, get a script or get something. No, no, no. I just go to the grocery store and I look for the organic label. Right. Right. Exactly. And with it is you start to see that change starting to happen. Not only do, you know, the individuals feel a little bit better, but it leads them to the next step. We talked a little bit about this. So as patients come in and they talk to you, is it the patient that makes the big change. They're like, Dana, I'm doing everything. And you go meet with them and they're like, oh yeah, I did everything, Dana. Everything is great. And they take this huge leap as a type A individual uh -huh. to say, I'm going to fix everything and get my life back in order. Or is it the individual that makes the little small steps towards yeah. a lifestyle change? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, you know, I think there's, <laughs> there's for sure both patients who come into the clinic people who, you know, they'll get their intake, we'll go through the two hour intake, do our own assessment, conditions, go over blood work if we need to. And depending on our protocol, they will come back for their two week follow up and have done absolutely every single thing, reviewed every document. And that's awesome if that you at home are listening and that's you, but I do worry about those patients a little bit more just because adopting a huge, huge change into your diet, into your lifestyle, adding in copious amounts of herbs, you know, doing that that fast, we can typically sometimes see, I'd say about 50 to 60% of those individuals kind of go down into a yo-yo cycle, binge cycle, call it what you want, not on that hundred percent cycle, a lot more than individuals who are coming in and, you know, in their intake, they're yep, absorbing everything follow up, they're coming in and they're honest. And they say, look, this was a lot. 
it's a lot for me. I'm starting small. Let's prioritize what I can really do. Maybe the diet change comes in three months. You know, maybe we start with the herbs. Maybe we just focus on energetic exercises like Qigong, acupressure, and EFT initially, save the herbs. Those are the clients that I think will, again, this is a standard statement, but will most likely see that gradual improvement that will become a lifestyle change. Yeah. Sure. And I mean, you don't run a marathon by waking up the next morning and going, I'm going to go run 26.2. I mean, that's, it's preposterous. Yeah. You would never do that. So it's really kind of taking a look at it and saying, okay, what little steps can I take? For because, sure. And I love how you mentioned the lifestyle change. Like yeah. this is, this is something that you are going to change for your health for the long term. For the it's long not, term not yeah. a magic pill. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to give you these herbs and this is going to make everything better. Now go off and run and go do that. No, this is something that you're, it's a new lifestyle. You're going to going to adopt whether, whether it's mindset, whether it's, you're going to start taking Chinese um, herbals in or take another set of herbalism that goes in that starts to correct some of these issues. This is something that's going to be long-term. Exactly. And I think the other thing is I get a lot of patients who are so eager to change, which is awesome. That's who mm -hmm. we want in the clinic for sure. But I think a lot of times, you know, we do have to take a step back and kind of going back to your causes um, comment that we were talking about your mm -hmm. question is looking at, you know, is there anything fundamentally that might be imbalance from a blood work perspective, from a hormonal imbalance perspective, from a parasitic or viral infection perspective, which for a lot of my MS patients, we do find things there. We mm -hmm. find HFR gene expression mutations. We find H. pylori, C. diff infections that are bacteria, but still have an effect or can on the myelin sheath. So I think yes. A lot of times we have to take a step back and say, whoa, we're going to order a stool test. Maybe we're going to do a Dutch hormonal test for women bodied individuals. You know, if you've been on birth control, we need to look at all of these physiological symptoms first before we can really create a comprehensive customized botanical protocol. So it's a lot, mm. you know, a lot of clients will say, gosh, this is so comprehensive and a two hour intake. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that all medicine isn't like that. You know, you go into a GP, it's five minutes. They give you a prescription. And yeah. I'm like, you don't even know one thing about me. How are they giving me this? And A, it's not customized. B, there's a lot of funding issues that obviously we won't talk about. But <laughs> yeah, so when you look at an herbalist and specifically a medical herbalist trained in Chinese medicine, which is our clinic, we're looking at a lot of physiological symptoms, ailments, conditions, your constitution to match your protocol to your unique individual system, which is great. I love how you said that your unique individual system. We're all sure. different, Dana. So, I mean, when I went into the doc and she's like, oh, let's just pop you on ochre vest. This will be fine. I'm like, well, wait a second. You're getting all that from an MRI? Like you're making this assumption that, oh, this is going to work for me and then find out it's only 27% effective. I'm like, uh, I don't trust this. I don't trust what you guys are doing. I'm not going to be your guinea pig in an experiment. I'd rather sit down with Dana for a couple of hours and have her talk to me about my lifestyle and talk to me about 
and start to research what's really going on inside my body because looking at just my brain and the lesions of it is myopic. It's only one part of it. Exactly. And, and you're so right. And, you know, to piggyback on that with MS specifically, we see about five to eight different diagnoses on our end with the umbrella term MS, you know, so just because someone comes in, they say, I have MS, my friend has MS, you know, are we going to get this sometimes? Are we just going to get the same protocol? Can I order that for them? And I say, no, 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 like absolutely not. You know, excess dampness is one of the top causes in TCM for MS. So exposure to foggy weather, moist conditions, medications that build up a damp state in the system, or there's internal heat. You know, the patient with the red tongue completely has the red flush face, liver heat Mm -hmm. rising, like we talked about. There's liver kidney deficiency for people who are adding stimulants, they have a poor diet, maybe they're engaging in excessive sexual activity, which depletes kidney zing. You know, that's a whole nother one. And then there's a cold patient, which has, you know, stagnation, can have phlegm, really a deficient condition, lacks kidney yang, which is heat, which can be one of the more serious progressive issues with MS. And so there's so many different diagnoses and assessments under that umbrella term that, of course, no one person is getting the same herbs. We have 450 herbs in our practice that we have. It's amazing. And, you know, when you talked about the dampness and all of this, when it comes in, you look at there's a prevalence of MS above the 38th parallel line. So this Mm -hmm. goes into the northern states that are colder, that are up there, that receive more water. They actually have a higher degree of MS that comes into it. But I don't see many individuals that, unlike you, that are really looking at it and going, oh, I wonder if this has something to do with it. A hundred percent. And you also have to look at the statistics, at least that we have is women are about three times more likely to have MS. You know, this, of course, this is statistics we have. Mm -hmm. And I would say the same in my practice, for sure. I have more women MS patients. And so with that, you know, we look at the physiological makeup of a woman, what's going on there that's different than a man. Well, than a man individual or someone who identifies as a male, I will say. So the differences are hormonal implications, of course, infradian rhythm, pregnancy, puberty, birth control, things that likely male bodies do not introduce. And so right. we look at that as well as one of these main causes is why are females getting a higher diagnosis of MS? You know, why is this different than, you know, a, a male individual? And so that's another thing we're looking at is a huge implication with birth control. Oh my gosh, it is massive what it does to our hormonal cycle. It completely disrupts our system. And of course, if you've chosen that, then we can work around that. We want every woman to feel supported, but it's a massive link to potentially uncovering some sort of attacking immune system to our own cells and tissues, simply because it does dysregulate our hormonal cycle. Yep. That I, I, anytime we try to intervene in how we are made and how we were intended by God, universe, or whatever you believe in, Mm. this really is going to get us out of balance and it's going to disrupt all of our, in order to achieve the health that we want to achieve. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. And it's, it's just fascinating, you know, seeing all these different links and clinical data and patient data over, you know, the last 10 years really has been, it's been a true honor to be a part of a lot of folks healing journeys. But it's mm -hmm. also been incredibly amazing to put our own wildflower clinic, you know, clinical data together to see, sure, we have all these things in the mainstream that we do know there's amazing researchers out there and professors, of course, but looking at our own patient data and really drawing those lines with the patients that we've seen has mm -hmm. been, you know, incredible to really compile over the last years here. Well, and it's interesting. You're talking about data now. Do you ever see an instance where Western medicine is going to branch over to areas that you study and you focus on and the data that you're receiving and incorporate that together? Yeah, you know, I think uh, a lot of doctors that I work with today are more um, individual private practice doctors. So I think they have a little bit more flexibility in terms of what they can give out to their to their patients, to their other staff, if they have RDs on staff, things like that. It's a little harder, I think, for maybe doctors and Western physicians in the hospital environment to even have access to some of these herbal studies that are going on, because I would be very surprised if they were implemented in a hospital setting, but definitely in private practice. Some of the NDs and GPs um, and OBs that I work with with other patients are completely receptive to this type of study into basically herbal therapeutics, materia medica, and constituents of herbal plants, which is you great. know what? that gives me hope, Dana. That gives me hope yeah, that right? we we are going to step into the next fifty years where we start taking a look at multiple things that can help us. And oh, cool. uh, you started to talk about, you know, medicine and um, the financial side of the game. And we will avoid that because that's a whole nother show. Um, it is, it is. Yes, yes, <laughs> in its own right. So Dana, thank you so much. So I do have a couple of questions um, for, for you it. that I aim I'm sorry. Let me restart that. I do have a couple of questions that I definitely end every show with. So what are you aiming for right now? What has your attention, Dana? Yeah. So what has my attention? I think I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. I think um, one big thing that we have implemented into most of our patient wellness journeys, herbal protocols, et cetera, is the addition of energetic treatment sessions. So we have really been pushing this hard with our patients to not only continue their physical follow-ups with, with me as the medical director here at the Wildflower Clinic, but mm -hmm. to also consider scheduling energetic sessions where I actually take the patient through Qigong exercises, show them how to EFT tap, show them certain acupressure points that they can use to start taking control of their emotional trauma or anxiety and stress, mental health, anything along those lines. So I'm really, really excited about this. We have seen a huge amount of results in implementing this suggestion for our patients and teaching them how to do it, offering little virtual seminars on how to incorporate Qigong simply to heal the mind first. So that is my focus right now is just creating more content around that, creating more resources and just helping my patients to feel like this in itself is a way to help to heal yourself, not even looking at nutrition, herbs, all these other things. But if we can heal this, 
then I think we're going to be in a pretty good place. I love how you bring that up because the mind is so powerful. So powerful. I mean, whether we think we can or think we cannot. Yes. That's right. So um, what is something you know to be true, yet no one believes you? I love this. No one believes me about a lot of things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think piggybacking again off of what I just talked about, um, I've, I've recently taught a couple courses on nutrition um, mm -hmm. for a variety of different colleges and schools. And <laughs> I think it goes into this where some of these classes are so dense in terms of macros and micronutrients and low fat, high fat, all these types of restrictions, cutting out whatever. And this is nutritionally based, but I think it can be applied to a lot of things. And I always end up having this conversation with my students that the blue zones we look at, you know, the blue zones is the region that lives the longest, quote unquote, in mm -hmm. our world. And, you know, yep, there's controversy that you can cherry pick the data. Sure, I'm sure there's skeptics out there. But when you look at it, all of these blue zones have a couple things in common. And one of them is that they all have all of them, all six that are the top six have a huge basis in faith, whether that's religious faith, meditation, higher power, it doesn't have to be one thing there. Mm -hmm. And they are rooted in community. They yes. have a giant family friend dinner every single night. And when you look at their nutritional components, they're all drinking every night. They are the Sardinians, which is, you know, the number three on the blue zone list. Mm -hmm. They're eating gluten, dairy, coffee, you know, all this stuff where our society might deem unhealthy. Obviously right. they have sourcing than the USA. But when you look at it, it, I tell people, I'm like, if you can correct the mind, if you can surround yourself with community, faith, higher power, that is such a fundamental, if not the only healing protocol some individuals need. Yeah. And, I, and a lot of people don't believe me. Some of my patients will be like, oh, I tried the Qigong, you know, it's not for me. I'm like, all right, well, let's try this type of energetic exercise mm -hmm. to heal the mind. And, you know, some get through, some don't, but I, I couldn't believe in that more. Mindset mm -hmm. is everything. It truly, truly is. It's how you present yourself to the world. It's yeah. your motivation. It's truly who you are. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people would think that's BS, but I don't, you know, and I've, I've seen it clinically. I've seen it with friends, family, other demographics, you know, living overseas for eight years. People have different sorts of mindsets in different areas than the US. And I think mm -hmm. we all could maybe take a little bit of some info from some of these other places to implement oh, that. I love that you're speaking my language. This is yeah. essentially everything we do at Identity of Health exactly. is we take a look at is who we think we are. So there's yeah. a great book called Together. And I don't know if you've read it by Victor uh, Muthi. And he is the past Surgeon General of the United States, and he noticed this trend as well and has uh, clinical research around what individuals that were together felt that they were a part of something lived longer mm -hmm. and they were healthier oh, yeah. and they avoided disease or they avoided certain ailments that all of their peers were going through heart disease and that type of stuff. They noticed individuals that were together with somebody and were part of a community allowed that to go past them or allowed that to not affect them as much as For it sure. did individuals that felt like they were alone. So yeah, I mean, I think that that is spot on. So 
trust me, Dana, I believe you. I am 100%. So um, I love that you said that because I think this is something new that as a society and hopefully because of last year and the, well, and currently the pandemic we're under and we had to separate from each other, do things more like on zoom and not come together and not feel that energy that we feel when we are a part of something or that we are next, even next to somebody we'll feel our heart lift and we'll feel our body energy increase because of being close and being with somebody and being apart from them. I hope it really shakes everybody up for their awareness to go. Yeah, maybe I do need to be together with those that I love completely and, and love those that I love and, you know, be a part of a community and all this higher stuff. So if you want to know more about Dana and everything that she is doing, visit the wildflowerclinic.com. I highly recommend it. She is brilliant when it comes to all this and she can meet with you either at her clinic here in Denver, or I know that you have patients from all around the, uh, all around the globe. Um, and that you meet with. Yes. Yes. So telehealth is something that obviously was a big, uh, big way that we connected with patients over the last year. And now something that we still offer for sure, zoom or in office consultations. So don't let anything, you know, when, no matter what part of the world you're in, don't let it stop you from seeing Dana and having a conversation because she is going to approach it and spend time with you of really trying to identify that root cause for yourself. So thank you, Dana, for being on the show. Once again, it is an absolute treat. And taking your time to inspire um, my audience and all these listeners that are out there that may be afflicted by a autoimmune condition or another condition where you really might feel alone or you maybe not feel listened to or wondering, is there something else that can help me? So there is, and Dana is the answer. Have a conversation with her. So thank you, Dana, so much for being a part of this with us today. No, awesome. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, I hope everyone listening had a, had a good time with us and yeah, be speaking with you guys soon. Sounds wonderful. Enjoy your day and we'll talk soon. All right. See ya. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you left inspired. Leave us a five-star review and begin following us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, if you are diagnosed with MS and want to join a supportive community, come join us on Facebook in the Identity of MS private group. In the show notes will be a link to join the community. Remember, you are good enough to heal anything And I hope you give yourself permission to heal.